0: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the E2 Review Show. I'm Max Klinger, the host of the show. This week I look at why Labour lost the general election last week by such a historic margin. In short, I argue it's because of their position on Brexit and their kind of hypocrisy and illiberalism on certain social issues. One final point. This is also going out as a YouTube video. So throughout, if you hear me referring to videos, I'm playing on the screen. That's just why I'm doing that. But it really doesn't matter. I think you can hear the audio of the videos in most cases anyway. So it shouldn't affect the podcast itself. Uh, As usual, if you enjoy this episode, please do give us a good rating and a review. Because that really helps people find the show. And also check out our YouTube channel. Just search for E2 Review on YouTube or on Google. I'll also put a link to it in the show notes for this podcast. That's it. Enjoy the show. Today, I'm going to look at why the Conservatives won the UK election by such a huge margin, or conversely, why Labour and the other main parties got beaten so significantly. Depends how you want to express it. Um, I've looked at this already in a quick video, but I wanted to do a more systematic one using some evidence and stuff. Uh, from online and things in this one because I didn't get a chance to do that last one because I was in a rush to release it. Um, the first reason, the main reason why the Labour Party got beaten so significantly and why the Conservatives won was Brexit. Now, doesn't matter what you think about Brexit. I personally didn't vote for it, but I didn't know if it was a good thing or not, really. It was hard to have a strong view on it, in my opinion. But what you cannot deny, it was a huge democratic vote. It was completely legitimate. It was free. It was fair. The British people voted in larger numbers than they've ever voted for anything in the entire history of the country. They voted to leave by a small but significant margin. And in response to that, the political establishment, for want of a better word, or large parts of the remain part of the establishment turned around and basically did everything they could to stop that vote being enacted. In this election, the Conservative Party... party, in my view, to their credit, came out and by the end of it all were the only main major party who were openly saying, well, well, other than the Brexit party, were the only major party with a realistic chance of winning the election who were openly saying, we're going to honour the result of a free, fair, democratic vote. I don't think it matters whether you strongly agree with Brexit or strongly disagree with Brexit. What you should care about more, in my opinion, and what I personally think is the most important, and what I think the electorate as a whole felt, rightly, was that democracy and respecting the value of democracy was more important than whether you want to see Brexit happen or not. If you ignore a massive free, fair, democratic vote just because you don't like the results, that sets a terrifying, dangerous precedent. Because going forward, there'll never be another vote where you can't argue that, oh, but well, we should redo that vote before we've actually in- enacted the results, because whatever reason you want to come up with, we did it on the Brexit vote, so we can do it again here. And then what you're saying is you can't trust that democratic votes will be respected. That's what Erdogan did in Turkey, in Istanbul, in the mayoral election, I think it was. He made people vote again, which was widely condemned, rightly, by the same people who were at the same time calling for a second Or a second vote on Brexit, or even to overturn the Brexit vote entirely, as the Lib Dems are saying, to to revoke Article 50, which is just completely undemocratic. The electorate, which don't forget voted by a majority to leave, have put up with three plus years of being told that their votes are being respected when in reality the exact opposite is happening by the parties who then sort their votes. In the election and that's why they rejected they didn't vote in those parties by a significant margin um it's also the dishonesty i wanted to show you some examples in this video or if you're listening to this as a podcast you can listen to these examples of mainstream figures from all parties but ultimately in the referendum in the election which we recently had it was the labor party and the cons- and the lib dems who suffered as a result of this because the conservatives under boris johnson eventually came out and were basically openly pro leaving the eu These are politicians stating completely openly that they will not seek a second referendum, that this is a once in a lifetime vote, all of whom went on to do the exact opposite of this. And this is why I don't think it matters whether you're pro or anti-Brexit, really. So much of the country saw what was going on, saw it was so undemocratic in its nature and rejected this form of politics. So here's a clip.
1: We won't be blocking our country, leaving the EU. Well, I'm not actually trying to thwart Brexit, I'm certainly not going to take steps to obstruct Brexit. There will be no second referendum. The second referendum argument simply doesn't hold
2: water. No, I don't think we need a second referendum. I'm
1: sorry, I'm not one of those people who thinks we should be calling for a second referendum. A second referendum (laughs) would be very uncomfortable.
0: There's no second. Anyway. We will not be taking a decision. You get the picture. That goes on for ages. Sorry, I know that's a political video. I'm not endorsing whoever it was who made that video. It was just a useful combination. So you can see people like Anna Subri, Chaka Umana, various Labour figures, key Conservative figures as well, but more of the kind of Theresa May government ilk saying over and over again, we're not going to call for a second referendum. We promise we won't. Many of them got elected in 2017 on the basis that they'd repeatedly said they wouldn't call for a second referendum. And they went to do the exact opposite. So the electorate were angry about that, especially Leave voters who made up Labour's core constituency in many cases. They rejected that. And with good reason, I think. I don't think it matters whether you think Brexit is a good idea or not. You should be able to condemn that if you're a Democrat. It's openly lying and openly refusing to acknowledge a result which went the wrong way, which true Democrats should reject. And that's what the British people did, I think. So that's one key reason. Um, I also wanted just to point out So there's so many examples of this hypocrisy which it would be possible to talk about. Here's an example of when it... So one way in which people sought to overturn the referendum result was by saying that despite saying there would never be a second referendum they would definitely respect the result no matter what happened... Obviously, as predicted, they tried to use the courts that Gina Miller and co. to stop Article 50 being uh, enacted or implemented or triggered, sorry. They then went on to call all the voters who voted for the referendum or to imply that the referendum vote was simply a racist vote, to imply that it was not legitimate because Russian money and Russian bots had simply tricked the electorate into voting the wrong way, to say that it was all based on lies and so on. And then they finally ended up arguing that parliament was actually sovereign and that anyone who argued against that was arguing against democracy. So they got to a situation where, where they were arguing that arguing that the result of a yes-no referendum should be followed was actually undemocratic, so it's complete double-think. But here's a video of David Cameron, prior to the referendum, explicitly stating that that argument is invalid. He's saying this is a decision to be taken by the people in the referendum. The parliamentary vote shouldn't matter. It's not a parliamentary issue, it's a vote by the people. So here's a clip of him saying that. Which is exactly what we knew this before the referendum, and this is exactly what Parliament went on to argue was the opposite of what should happen. So and I'm just—it's useful to watch this with the benefit of hindsight. Forms we secure,
1: or whether we leave, your decision, nobody else's, not politicians, not Parliaments, not lobby groups, not mine, just you—you, you, the British people—will decide. At that moment, you'll hold this country's destiny in your hands. This is a huge decision for our country. Perhaps the biggest we'll make in our lifetimes. And it will be the final decision. So to those who suggest that a decision in the referendum to leave would merely produce another stronger renegotiation and then a second referendum in which Britain could stay, I say, think again. The renegotiation is happening right now. And the referendum that follows will be a once-in-a-generation choice. it in-or-out in referendum. where the British people speak, their voice will be respected, not ignored. If we vote to leave, then we will leave. There will not be another renegotiation and another referendum. And I say to those who are thinking about voting to leave...
0: Think very carefully, because this choice cannot be undone. All right, so there you go. So that is yet another example of someone explicitly stating there won't be a second referendum, this is a once-in-a-lifetime decision, you're voting in or out, not, oh, do we want to vote for a certain type of deal or not? It was clear, it's an in out referendum, which means leaving the EU, is it, um, do you want to vote for the, if you vote to leave the parliament will respect that decision and the government will respect the decision, all of which are arguments which people went on to explicitly say the opposite of in any attempt to overturn the vote. So that's essentially the main reason why in this election, because the conservatives, whether you believe they'll do it or not, whatever, well, they came out and basically made the argument that they were the party who were going to honor the result. That's why so many key labor constituencies switched and voted for labor. sorry, voted for the conservatives rather than for labor Um I also think it's interesting to watch the way in which Labour spoke about the referendum in the campaign leading up to this latest election was so explicitly both unclear, but also un- Orwellian in the double speak, which we're seeing. So they would use the same phrase over and over and over again, which is people didn't vote for a Brexit, which harmed jobs and the economy. But that's completely... And that, it doesn't matter whether you agree with that sentiment. Like You can have a huge debate. I have no idea whether Brexit will be good for jobs in the economy. The the pound went up hugely after the Conservatives were elected, but that could. I have no idea whether it will be good or bad. I'm not arguing that it will, but what I'm saying is arguing that people didn't vote for Brexit, which would hard jobs in the economy, is just a complete misnomer because people voted on a single issue, leave the EU or not. So what they're saying there is just completely untruthful. But not only that, they were deliberately unclear because they were stating that they were in favour of honouring the result. And actually what they were doing was trying to offer a binary decision between remain light and remain. And you can't argue that's democratic if what you're doing is taking the option to leave with no deal off the table completely you're not giving people the option to vote for something, and the only reason you wouldn't give them that option is because you're worried they might vote for it, which means that the whole argument makes no sense. So here's a video of Emily Thornberry, who's now an arguably a front-runner to be the next Labour leader, making that argument, which I think is just completely double-speak, and leave voters, unsurprisingly, voted against that. So here she is.
2: Listen... Yeah. So... What we're saying is this, is that, and we've always said, that we campaigned to remain in the European Union, we lost the referendum, we woke up the next morning and we said, right, we're going to do as we have been instructed, but we have to look after jobs in the economy. Okay,
0: we're going to do as we've been instructed, but we have to look after jobs in the economy. In other words, is we're not going to do what we've been instructed to do, it's the exact opposite of that, so... Bear that in mind. That's what I mean. It doesn't matter what you think about Brexit. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying there aren't people who are arguably racist in some cases, or in many cases maybe who voted for it, but there are also many people who are. What I'm saying is that is the type of duplicitous double speak that people were rejecting, and it's undemocratic, and it's right that people rejected that, in my opinion. And I didn't vote to leave. You think about the logic of what it is that I'm saying and take it step by step. Also, look how unclear just the lack of leadership as well in general. It's so blatantly illogical what they're arguing. and It's impossible to follow, and it's delivered in such a patronising way. But, OK, I'm going to play this from the beginning because it's just so
2: nice. So what we're saying is this, is that, and we've always said, that we campaigned to remain in the European Union. We lost the referendum. We woke up the next morning and we said, right, we're going to do as we have been instructed, but we have to look after jobs in the economy. Now, if you think about the logic of what it is that I'm saying and take it step by step, So we believe that, I believe that it is in the best interest of our country to remain in the European Union in terms of jobs and the economy. But given that we've had a referendum, it's right that we have another one. And I fully understand why we do. And we need to, as Jeremy has said, have a viable leave option versus remain. And the viable leave option has to be one that pays attention to jobs and the economy. So the third sentence I want to say is this, Mm -hmm. is that, is that, it, we, what we want to do is I can't
0: even list. anyway so you get the picture another related issue which the Labour Party I just want to also point out that the Lib Dems explicitly wanted to overturn Article 50 despite repeatedly coming out and saying prior to the referendum that they would definitely respect the result and that anyone who sought a second referendum or who thought to not respect it was explicitly anti-democratic they then did a complete u turn and started trying to overturn it which is actually going to be looked back on I think in the future as an embarrassingly undemocratic position to have adopted. And I'm saying this, as I repeat, I'm not saying that Brexit is necessarily a good thing. It's just amazing to me, as almost a neutral, how blatantly undemocratic that argument is. A related reason why... This is mainly about Brexit, this blog and podcast, but a related reason why Labour in particular, I think, but kind of the left establishment, got rejected so um, significantly in this election, I think is because of the constant tendency that the left kind of across the Western world has shown in recent years to depict anyone who agrees with them, not as someone who's got a different point of view, which should be listened to and debated with, but as someone who's completely beyond the pale, who needs to be banned and who is a Nazi or a fascist. Now, it sounds like I'm lying. Brexit is a classic example of that. There are so many instances of key Labour figures comparing Brexiteers or people who voted for Brexit, or aspect of the Brexit vote, to literally the Nazis. There are, here's an example, David lamey saying that Boris Johnson should not, and his ilk, should not only be debated, but should actually be not allowed on the airwaves, despite the fact that the public went on to elect them by a landslide. So what they're arguing is that the vast majority or a significant, a massive, massive number of people's views in the country shouldn't count, shouldn't even be allowed on TV because they're so toxic. That essentially works out to be explicitly anti-democratic again and also completely hysterical. So here he is. So this David Lammy who argued that the ERG, basically the key Brexiteers, politicians, calling them Nazis or making comparisons between them and the Nazis and the KKK didn't go far enough. That's a direct quote. So he's essentially saying that those people, Brexiteers, are worse than the Nazis. The Nazis... Who killed many members of my family for being Jewish, along with essentially millions and millions of other Jews, brutally in one of them, arguably the worst crime ever committed in the history of humanity? Lambie is saying that comparing the ERG to the Nazis doesn't go far enough. That is actually offensively historically inaccurate. It's degrading and devaluing the significance of what happened in the Holocaust and in World War II to make a short-term political point. And people rightly rejected that. It's especially ironic, given that... So, okay, here's a tweet by Jessica Phillips. She said... I've been in France this week with my French family who hid the the resistance in their cellar while the Nazis occupied. Vive la resistance. She's comparing the debate about Brexit to her family or resistance fighters in France fighting the Nazis. It's completely historically inaccurate. It devalues the Holocaust and the events of the Second World War and the bravery of the resistance to make a short-term political point. It's completely objectionable. You know, this is David Lammy saying that Boris Johnson shouldn't be allowed on the TV and all the key figures in the Brexit debate shouldn't be allowed on TV. Off on this, on behalf of my constituents and the BBC should not allow this extreme hard-right fascism to flourish. And often, the, the... Okay, so there we go. It's always the instinct to ban anyone you disagree with by smearing them as Nazis or as extreme far-right, when in many cases, they're just people who disagree with you. Um, that, to move off from Brexit very slightly, just to get towards the end of this, there's one final reason I think which people were so seriously rejected um that worldview and actually that is the tendency of the left is to make an argument not only about brexit about, that, about a whole sweeping range of issues where whether you agree with the left or not on those issues if you don't adopt a particular left line on any given issue often they're very complicated nuanced issues they will instantly try to get you no know, platform like you'll see with conservative or even middle of the road commentators in the us and the uk on campuses uh for example as i mentioned in my other video i'll put a link to it somewhere up here. Um, Marion so I'll talk about that in a sec, but when these people try to speak in universities, the same left-wing figures who call everyone else Nazis will be trying to get those people banned. So this has now expanded into the Brexit debate and into this effort, into this election, but this is something that's been kind of consistent across a range of issues of late. Um, so Marion Namassi, she's a secular left-wing feminist from Iran. She came to the UK to try and give a talk um, the University Goldsmiths and Warwick, I think, about why she's against Islamism, because she's grown up under a theocratic regime and wants to argue against that extreme form of patriarchal, bigoted, reactionary rule. And instead of siding with her, the same form of left-wing dogma was used to try to shut her down and ban her from speaking on the basis that it might be offensive to people who had sympathy with Islamist views essentially. So that's one example of it but there's the same logic here being applied to Brexit. Now I'm not saying there aren't some people who supported Brexit or there aren't aspects of the Brexit vote which personally I have a lot of problems with but calling leading figures worse than the Nazis is very offensive and deeply illiberal and people are reacting to that. Um, The final point is related to that if you constantly call people who disagree with you far right and try and get them banned and try and have them on the base of that discuss that they shouldn't be allowed to express their points publicly at all despite the fact that it turns out vast sections of the electorate agree with them it's unbelievably hypocritical if at the same time you're hanging around with rampant amp- anti-semitic lunatics like Ray Salah or like Hamas so Rehid Salah compares Jews like myself to germs He says that Jews organise 9-11. He says that Jews put the blood of innocent people in their bread. The most anti-Semitic stuff you've ever heard. Corbyn is on video hugging him, despite the fact he said he hadn't, I think. Um, Corbyn has called Hamas his friends. I've made a video about Hamas. I'll put a link to that up here somewhere. Um, Hamas make videos for children where children are encouraged to shoot and stab Jews. So actually, I'll find a video of that now. Here's a video of that. Um, So these are the people who Corbyn called his friends, whilst his fans are calling for everyone else who disagrees with Corbyn and co to be banned from speaking, at I'll say, enjoy. Okay, at this point I play a video of a clip from a show made by Hamas for children in which kids hang out with a kind of big fluffy toy type thing which encourages them to stab all the Jews in the world. Um, I've discussed this in another podcast, but anyway, you obviously you can't see the clips or so listen to this as a podcast, but that's more or less it. I'll just describe it here. Okay, yeah, so that's the people who Corbin and Co. have no problem hanging around with and calling their friends and speaking at speeches with extreme Islamist banners flying and so on. It's the most vehemently anti-Semitic bunch of people, and more just anti-Semitic, anti-gay, anti-Christian in many cases, groups. You can imagine. And that's just given a free ride. So, again, I think people reacted to both the hypocrisy there and just to the the nature of the people he's been hanging around with. Um, so that's just kind of a few thoughts. I wanted to go into a bit more detail than in the last video on why it is that the election result was so resoundingly against that worldview and in favour of whatever it was the Conservatives are offering. I'm not sure if this is a trend which is here to stay, but I think in large part it was a reaction to the undemocratic way in which Brexit was discussed by large parts of kind of the Remain establishment and Remain parties, um, and also the censoriousness and the liberalism of parts of the Corbynista left, um, and their increasing apologism and tendency to make excuses for or even associate with like too commonly extreme groups especially anti-Jewish and anti-Semitic groups so that's my thoughts on that thanks very much for watching if you could this is the E2 review we're also available as a podcast um you can search E2 review on iTunes or E2 review on Spotify um If you could give us a like and subscribe to the channel, that really helps us grow it. Thanks for watching.